0: Welcome to the Happy You're Here podcast. In this show, we talk about tools, techniques, and ideas to help us live more fulfilling lives. I'm excited to have Lee Chambers with me in this episode. Lee Chambers is a functional life coach. He has a lot of different um, subspecialties. I am excited to let him tell his story a little bit, and then we'll get into some practical ways that his experience and his, his expertise can help us uh, live more fulfilling lives. So thanks for being on the show, Lee. Do you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction?
1: Yeah, pleasure to be on today, Craig. So yeah, a little bit about me. I'm based in Preston in the UK, which is not far from Manchester and Liverpool, in the north and here, one of the wettest places you can imagine. (laughs) All the weather off the Atlantic just blows over and we're in a bit of a valley and it just drops in. So I think we have 150 days of rain and our water storage pretty much watered the rest of the country. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, a little little bit of background about me. I grew up uh, blue collar parents. They worked really hard. Instilled me with that work ethic. First generation university student. So first one in the whole extended family to go. Um, My parents really pushed for that and I studied international business psychology, found it really interesting, did a lot of different units around psychology, business, communication, uh, geopolitics, languages. So I got a really wide base of knowledge and that's kind of followed through into what I do today. So I graduated into the economic crash in 2008, which wasn't great because I'd got a job in corporate finance and all of a sudden my, my, (laughs) my my training was defunded job was made redundant so i did what not many people do in this situation and set up a video game business and went back working in local government starting to truly really get an idea what i wanted to do Uh, my video game business took off and all of a sudden i had a six-figure business and was working a job and had the freedom and flexibility to start doing qualifications so i started learning about performance nutrition strength and conditioning coaching did some soccer coaching badges. And then went on a bit of a pathway to try and chisel. What did I want to do? What could I bring to the world? Where my value was? Uh, I was starting to get a bit closer to understanding that actually I really like helping people. And I really Mm -hmm. like working with data and statistics. And then in 2014, I lost the ability to walk through illness. And that, if anything, knocked me significantly out of the patterns that I was in. And really took me back and gave me a chance to reflect on what I wanted to do. So utilising my video game business, luckily, even though I couldn't walk, I could still run that from a hospital bed. It took me 11 months to learn to walk again properly. And during that time, my daughter was born and my son was only young at the time. But I decided that I was going to stay at home, run the business and spend as much time as I could with them until they started school while finishing my master's and finishing a number of other qualifications that I was started and brought all that together and decided last year to launch Essentialize, which is a coaching and workplace well-being company. And today I work with entrepreneurs, small business owners and small to medium-sized companies, bringing well-being strategies that actually work, that can be embedded, that grow organically, and also looking at the consciousness of leadership the values of business and really helping people define purpose and direction both personally and in a business sense and how to connect those to amplify and ampli- the amplitude even further.
0: I think it's interesting, all of the life coaches that I know, or at least uh, life and executive coaches that I know, like that, and it's kind of intuitive that that, that connection between the personal life uh, well-being and your professional well-being is so intermixed. Because a lot of times our language about business and per- like work and personal life is that there's a balance, that there's this separate, you know, these boxes, you know, there's work and then there's personal life. And that also, first of all, like leaves out a bunch of other boxes in life. Uh, but also it's, I mean, anyone that thinks about it for a while will start to realize that those two things are so intermixed and to treat them as separate boxes is, um, you know, going to cause problems. It's going to make things not, uh, line up because if you're working on things in your business and working on things in your business and you haven't addressed this personal problem, then you're going to always have those same problems in your business and vice versa. If you're having issues in your personal life and maybe it's being caused by your business, but you're just trying to deal with it in your personal side. Um, if you don't address, you know, maybe an income problem or something like those two things are so intermixed. That was a little bit of a tangent, but I'm interested in, are there specific, schools of thought or practices that you pull inspiration from or education from for your life coaching or for your coaching?
1: Yeah, so a big part of it is my background in environmental psychology. So I utilised both the psychological elements, but also kind of look at things from a more holistic point of view. So I look at a very wide range of considerations and start to understand that not only is business and life connected, but everything has a level of interconnection mm-hmm. and really my kind of principles pull together a lot of different disciplines and all my different qualifications along the way. So initially I bring in that kind of purpose definition, looking at where, what are your values and strengths? How can you bring those to the world? How can you bring the gifts and powers that you have? And how can you actually bring that value and make a difference? So we start to dig really deep into why you do what you do and why you want what you want and start to actually define what's underneath that then I suppose the big difference between me and most other life coaches is we then actually look and go into health coaching and dip into right so you've got a definition of what path and what your journey is let's actually look at your sleep your nutrition and your movement and start to optimise those so you have more energy before you set off on the journey but also more energy to start to tackle the psychological elements around limiting beliefs around habits that don't serve you and start to unpack a little bit of that micro trauma from your past, but also start to look at the failures and how you can unpick those and treat them as experiments rather than failures, detach the emotion and start to dig in because there's so much data in every time you fail. That's how we can actually amplify that in the future and take it forward. So I think just to kind of pop back into what you said about life and business, Mm -hmm. well, there is no balance because balance is unattainable. And that terminology is outdated and it's problematic because we only have life. Work is integrated into our life. I kind of almost describe it that inside of us, inside of our life, there's a significant wheel that is work. And no matter what that work is, that wheel is turning and it's spinning and it gets momentum. Obviously, if you're running a business, you want that wheel to be spinning quite fast with momentum. You want to be pushing that with your values attached and aligned to the business values and really generating something at that nexus point between what you're good at what you enjoy and what the world actually needs is the key to spinning that wheel quite quickly what you actually need to do though is spin that wheel quickly and put your attention and focus on it but every day you need to stop that wheel and disconnect from it
0: and yeah actually live. Do it.
1: and it's not it's not easy to do but as you start to build your life and realize that every day you've got the key to start that wheel moving again and build up the momentum quite quickly. You've kind of got like a counterbalance, which is always moving. If you don't have that counterbalance always moving, then it's very difficult to get the momentum to start the wheel turning. Mm-hmm. And yet, if anything, your business is a, or your career is a vehicle to achieve the life that you want. And you've got to build that vehicle and ensure it's fit for the journey. But
0: right. you've also
1: got to know where you're going. You've got to be able to put in your sat-nav where you're going. You need to know that that vehicle is going to probably go along this route and there'll be traffic here and a road closure here. You need to be ready for that adversity. You know, when you get and the snow comes and you, your wheels are all over the place. Yeah. And yet, once we kind of, once we really aligned to where we're going, you we can actually travel and use that vehicle to get it to the life that we want. But it requires that definition and it requires that acceptance that ultimately you've got your energy, got your life, you've got your relationships, and your business is a vehicle to achieve in all those areas.
0: I'm very grateful to be in a situation where, you know, I have business activities, multiple different things moving. But, you know, I have some listeners that I, I know personally that, um, You know, they are in situations where they don't have control over their income, their job. Maybe uh, they have reasons why they are kind of locked into a specific job because there's not a lot of opportunity where they live. And, you know, I really try to push everybody, like try to figure something out that you can sell or that you can provide as a service, even if it starts as a side thing, because it's going to create so much freedom to build the life that you want. But for some people, that's, you know, harder because they're working 60 hours a a week, a day, (laughs) a week in a job that they have no real control over. And and that's exhausting. And it's hard to find the space and the energy, more importantly, to put into something that's your own. Um, what, What kind of starting point could someone take? I know that's, you know, you're working probably a lot with entrepreneurs and stuff, but someone that maybe isn't an entrepreneur where could they start to take a little bit more control in their life that maybe would have net gains in other places as well
1: yeah so i think i'll kind of frame that with two separate points okay so i think it's always always important to realize that entrepreneurialism isn't for everybody yeah yeah because there's times when oh boy you're trying to spin that wheel and you're on your own and you're wearing a lot of different hats it requires a lot of different skills and it's not pretty it's
0: stressful at the same time,
1: th- yeah yeah and at the same time in all truth it's not this hustle 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 that they quite often tell you either because you'll happily hustle yourself up the wrong mountain and find yourself all of a sudden you didn't get your head up and look where you were going and you're in the wrong place completely. Or you could hustle yourself to the point where all of a sudden everything falls apart and your wheel falls off your car because at the end of the day You can only hustle so much. You're a human being. You've got to Mm -hmm. look after yourself. But in terms of a starting point for those, everyone should be looking to do something in that gap between what you're good at, what you enjoy, what you can monetize and what change you can make in the world. And somewhere in between those four points, there's you, something that you can do. And you know what? Ultimately, it might only be a small thing that generates a small income on the side. And yet that's yours. And -hmm. what it allows you to do is own and have the autonomy of choice in that one thing. Because truth be told, if you have a job, which takes up a lot of your time, no matter how much autonomy you think you might have, you you don't. Like when I lost my job in the economic crash, I was like, everything's been taken away. I'd had this path and had this idea. And then the wind had come. And they said, sorry, you know, not your turn. And I was like, that's it. I'm setting up my own business now because I can't fire myself. I can go bust knowing that I tried my best. And that was kind of the attitude that I had. At the same time for people, it's really a case of when you're invested, when you're truly all into something, you're going to, you're going to do what you need to do. And you need to have that kind of investment because the early stage of the business, it is hard. You're going to need to do a lot of different things. And some of those things, you're not really going to enjoy. Let's be honest. It all starts out with you having to do your own finances, your own marketing, your own sales, your own sourcing. There's going to be something in there that you really don't enjoy doing. But if you've got that passion, if you actually enjoy it, you're strong at it, you're good at it, you're bringing some value, you're making a difference, that will fool you through until you get to that point where you realise, this is where I bring the most value. I don't bring that much value in these areas. Let's find someone who does bring value in those areas. Bring them in for their gifts, their talents, and they'll give me more time and space to do the thing where I bring value and everything will grow. And you'll find a point where, you know, you want you want to realize, you want to grow this much. Because not everyone wants to get, you know, like a thousand, ten thousand employee business. Yeah. But that's a lot of work in itself. <laughs> Unless you, you actually
0: managing people, you know, that might be. Exactly. Right.
1: And there becomes a point where you, you don't bring value doing what you do anymore. You bring value in terms of an organizational value. Right. And that might be for you. But if that's not, decide what you want. Decide what your journey is. Decide the life that you want. Use the business to get that life. Right. And just to start today by just utilizing the fact that no matter what you do, you always have a start of your day and the end of the day where you're not at work. It doesn't matter if you work in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day. Your AM and PM bookends are usually at least an hour or so where you have control over your own life. Mm-hmm. Utilize that. To start to build something that's yours, that you have ownership over, that you can push forward, that is actually worth giving that time for. And there becomes a point where people say, but, but Lee, I've been at work all day. I just want to sit on my couch and watch Netflix. And I'm like, that's fine. We all need the time to relax and disconnect. But why don't you separate some of that time and just put it into something that's yours? What would you rather do? Watch TV and your eyes glaze over or build something. Build something that one day might actually make a difference. And all of a sudden people realise, oh, well, I could be on my deathbed thinking I just watched Netflix for years and I've forgotten most of what I've watched because most of it was crap. Or I actually spent the past 40 years building a little something that I'll leave behind. It's made a difference in the world. It's made my life better, my children's life better, my family's life better. You know, it might even change the world, your little idea. Get out there and do it. And you know what? You don't need to go big because everything starts with small little changes, both in your own development and your own moving towards having something that's yours.
0: Absolutely. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a business. You know, we're talking in context of building something, I think even in a practice, whether it is a practice that makes you a better person, makes you less stressed out, whatever it is, have better control over your human body. That is when you go to work, when you go do your other things, you're interacting with other people. And if you're doing it in a more positive, engaged way, that's contagious. That, you know, that's something that at the end of the life you can be proud of, that I was kind, that I was generous, that I was mindful, that I was, you know, engaged and present when I'm talking to people, when I talk to people, like even just those you know, small things are actually really big things when you accumulate them up over over the period of a whole year or a whole lifetime.
1: Well, definitely. And and they compound incrementally together. So if you make lots of little improvements, it doesn't feel like much. Give it a year, you'll be a different person because we evolve really quickly. And we really don't, we kind of underestimate what we can actually do in the long term. We overestimate what we can do in the short term. Yeah, We think we can suddenly, you know, go big on a goal. But why don't you go small on lots of different things and let them compound together? And people get the idea of compound interest. And it's, you know, that money is going to start small. And at some point, it's going to actually go bigger and bigger and bigger. It works exactly the same for your health. It works exactly the same for your mind. And you've got to train these things. You've got the space. We've got a world full of opportunities. And really, you can start to look after yourself. You can start to look after other people. You can start a movement. You can start a business. Just think about the possibilities of what you can start. And all of a sudden, you then live in a world where you're actually looking at challenges and wanting to step into them, putting your toe outside that comfort zone and stretching that gradually. All of a sudden, you, you, you actually quite like feeling a little bit uncomfortable and things being a little bit uncertain because you know Your growth and potentially is on the other side of that. You're actually willing to experiment and fail and look back and take the emotion away and realize, I just had my lab coat on, put way too many chemicals in this time and it (laughs) blew up. But we'll we'll find a way because every time we kind of get outside of our comfort zone and find ourselves a bit exposed, all of a sudden we grow back. It's like going to the gym. You go to the gym, train your muscle, you break your fibers, you stress yourself. You go to sleep, recovering. You're stronger and bigger the next day. Your brain's are exactly the same, yeah, and absolutely. as your human footprint does that over the course of your lifetime as you develop and grow, and you don't actually see it in a lot of ways. And yet, everybody on this planet is a leader, and you can lead yourself, and by simply by leading yourself, you give other people the permission to lead themselves as well, and that's really powerful. Again, like you said, these things are contagious. They rub off. The people around you will follow your lead if you decide to start making changes that make you a different person, a happier person, a healthier person. Be that trigger for others to follow. And again, that is the biggest part of our legacy is when we make a change that facilitates other people to make that change too. And the best way to do it is to be it. Not to tell people because people follow the messenger before they follow the message. It's Mm -hmm. exactly the same with parenting as well. Be the iconoclastic bastion that you are. Be a beacon and shine on others so they can bring out their gifts as well. It's incredible
0: uh, when you talk about parenting how much kids really do pick up. And we probably do this with all the people that we interact with in our lives. But kids really do pick up on your actions and you your like you as a person rather than what you say you can say you could tell them all the right things but if you're acting in a counter way like you know it might not uh, manifest right away but i see this all the time when i look at friends that are trying to figure out where this specific thing comes from it always goes back to you know a lot of times their parents that they pick up and you know we all know no ways how we've become our parents um, which sometimes is a good thing. And hopefully, we pick up the good uh, practices that our parents and then, you know, choose to let the other ones fall away. But it's not what our parents said or say, it's what they did and do. And, you know, that's a really important thing to think about in our own lives and how we affect other people around us, too.
1: Oh, definitely. And I, I quite often joke that they should get some little kids in the boardroom because let's be honest, if you're a hypocrite, you're getting yeah. called out <laughs> when the kids are around, they, they will yeah, call absolutely. you out. They, they will they will outwit you and they will make you realize that actually my communication needs to be clearer. Mm-hmm. I definitely need to be congruent with what I'm doing because the kids will see the kids hear, they pick up on these things, they pick up inference. they actually sense when you're not congruent and you're not being authentic and they call you out and that's the amazing powers that we actually have. Strangely as adults, we actually dampen that and lose that acuity we actually lose, we lose so many things. We lose our curiosity. We lose our ability to, you know, communicate clearly. Like, why don't we just like have kids running the world? It'd be excellent.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually, last year at some point, I've always been a very serious person, even as a kid. And I think that I get myself into trouble mental health wise, just by taking everything too seriously. Last year I had this like, recurring epiphany that just kept like slapping me over the face through different <laughs> life lessons that was like embrace childlike wonder and like come at the world in a lot of ways, like a child, you know, like have fun, enjoy things, try things, be curious, pay attention to your intuition. Like all of those things that, you know, we lose and it's like, you know, that's definitely a seed that grew into a tree in my life of just incredible dividends. From just being happier and more engaged with life and being able to kind of read people not in a way that i'm like oh i'm trying to get something from you so i'm reading you and i'm trying to manipulate that situation but like being more in tune when someone's speaking to you that's upset right like they're not going to necessarily tell you that they're upset but if you can pick up on that you can adjust your communication maybe be a little more empathetic i see it from that perspective of like Uh, Or if someone's lying to you, there's a reason they're lying to you. So, like, can you give them space to be honest? Can you make sure that they're comfortable? Uh, There's so many opportunities to use that intuition to really build deeper bonds with people, which then obviously results in, you know, a more fulfilling life and and, um, in a lot of ways, uh, a more full business life as well.
1: Oh, definitely. And children just have that presence and charisma because when they're there, speaking to you, they're actually there. Yeah, there's not right. then there's not there's, there's there's no hidden agendas unless they're asking for sweets candy <laughs> then there might be a slightly hidden agenda yeah um but but yeah, just so often they're in that place where the, the, there isn't there isn't the constructs and society's grime all over them so much that causes them to have these beliefs holding them back and they're able to just navigate the world in that way that we so often as adults we almost look at with wonder and think why why? Why can children do that? And yet you realise that actually adults can be just like that, but you're not supposed to be a child, players frowned upon. Let's just look at some of the language that's communicated to adults about how you should not be a child. But then how many adults in equivalent terms walk around doing things that as a child got them spanked by the yeah, parents? absolutely. Adults still do the equivalent thing of keep touching that toilet seat with the hands over and over again. And literally they don't get spanked by anyone apart from like, you know, the the higher spiritual power just spanks you over and over again for keep doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. We all know as adults what we should and what we shouldn't do. And yet we so often continue to do things that we've been told and we know we shouldn't. And then like the powers that be just keep spanking us over and over again. But children are clever because they know that once they've been spanked, they don't touch the toilet seat again but they're still curious and want to learn about the world. And it's like, it's strange because so many adults continue to make the same mistake, continue to get spanked by the psychic world out there, but they've lost the curiosity. Yeah. We, We should all be, we should all embrace children. We should all embrace that curiosity, that disruptiveness that's what brings innovation in business. That's what breeds creativity. That's what actually gives us the cognitive flexibility going forward. It's really strange, but children, how they start to learn to navigate social elements. Like we walk into a room and believe it's just, just should just work. Yeah. No, be like a child. Step back and realize, scan, work it out. And like, all of a sudden we seem to, because i mean in a big part it's education right so we go for education it's all about answers and Mm -hmm. methods we find out how to work out the answer we write the answer down on a piece of paper tick correct welcome to the next stage of life except when you go out into life and the the answers are not
0: the pre yeah yeah, answers are not use this formula to get this answer and in life Mm. there aren't those formulas all the time usually there's not Mm.
1: Well, yeah. And the thing is, there's not the formulas, but more so the answers are not very useful because Google will give you 95% of the answers. Mm -hmm. What you actually need is the ability to question both yourself and other people because that starts to build your own self awareness and helps you communicate and navigate with the world. You need to learn how to actively listen to people so you can pick up what's being said, what's not being said, and actually have that presence and charisma. To be in the presence, and someone that feels heard will be open and honest with you. And in that world, how often do people have the intentional space to speak and be heard by someone? Because when I talk about employee well-being, that's like the first thing: mm. appreciation, being heard. That's that's the, that's the foundation. You don't have that forget all these health awareness courses, forget the workshops, forget the training. If someone doesn't feel valued, doesn't feel appreciated and isn't heard, then they don't feel like they belong. Then how are they going to connect to that company? And it's like, it's like, it's like ABC, simple stuff. But so often I'll go into a company and I'll say, look, you've got these staff here. They, They don't, they're not going to be on the buzz of this company, you know, unlike on, on this, this company is traveling up a highway and there's a lot of different vehicles all trying to travel in the same direction. So one business goal, and you're in a massive wagon at the front. They want to know that you're well, you're healthy and your mind's right. Cause otherwise you'll sideswipe everyone, knock everyone off the highway and bang, the business is gone. They have to be able to follow you knowing that we know where we're going. This highway is safe you're a safe driver of this massive (laughs) business yeah and we can actually follow and know that the managers aren't going to be all over the place shouting at us it's like company culture looks really nice on a highway when it works it really doesn't when it's toxic environment yeah everything's all over the place Uh, but that's going off on a complete other tangent oh that's Um, okay that's no i mean that's something i have a
0: lot of experience seeing as a Uh, My my business is a marketing agency, so I work with a bunch of different businesses, and it's really interesting. I've started to become more picky with who I will work with or who our agency will work with because, you know, certain business owners, uh, I can just tell that they're on very fragile ground. And somehow, some of them still make it decades and decades, but it's because they have a new person, they have new people working for them every month, people that are just desperate for a job and then realize pretty quickly, this isn't worth the paycheck, Uh, And it's really sad to watch because it's just an absolute chaos and it makes the owner, the business owner miserable because they can't figure out why people won't follow them, why people won't believe in the business that they've somehow cobbled together for 30 years. Um, And it's like, well, it starts with you, you know, and it gets worse if you're not self-aware and you're not aware that you're causing these problems in your own business. And this is applicable to life and your relationships, too. If you're not self-aware and you just keep seeing all everything else as a problem around you, is eventually like it's, it's got to come around to like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm the issue here. But a lot of people will take all of these things that happen around them and it'll make them more jaded. It'll make them more angry. It'll make them more distressful. It'll make them quicker to go off. And it's going the opposite way. And it's like cuddling back in this, it's like a scared child, like cuddling back in this corner that's being beaten or something. And and like, they just lash out, you know, it's sad to watch. And it's really, I think it's, you know, it's it's easier to to set your life on a good path when you realize that a little bit sooner than later. Yeah. I can only imagine how difficult it would be to change direction if you're 50, 60 years old and have been acting like that
1: your whole life. People do though. You know... For those people, it takes a major life shifting event to not. It's them usually out the something pattern. really
0: dramatic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you know, your partner dies or a close friend passes or you lose your parent or lose a child. So often for them, it's when the health fails or someone around them passes away and they just realize this isn't my life because they're going to be on the deathbed themselves thinking, they're not going to be thinking, oh, I was happy. No, they're going to be like, I regret not living the life I wanted to live. I regret not staying in contact with the people I wanted to. I regret treating people badly all these years. I I regret just not being aware. And that's like one of the biggest regrets is I regret not knowing myself. (laughs) And it's it's kind of that journey is an ongoing process. You only really started to unpick a little bit by the time, you know, your body expires. And yet to become more self-aware, to ask ourselves those questions, at first we get really bad answers because we're not very good at asking questions. But practicing over time, we actually start to be able to dig deeper into ourselves and be able to express that more authentically, which is really important because that is what ultimately brings a level of fulfillment. When you become attuned to your values, you're actually able to dig a bit into yourself. And then you can be self-compassionate when times are hard. And what you find with those people, who, who, you know, like the scared child being beaten in the corner is they can't get out of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're completely self-absorbed in their own problems and everything around them is also a problem. And that's hard to prove that mindset shift to be able to see the opportunities that are coming. And yeah. when you're seeing everything as a problem, you can't see the solutions. You can't see the opportunities. Everything feels like it's against you. And that just forces you to avoid challenge instead of stepping into it and growing. So actually you're almost getting smaller and smaller and smaller when you want to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it eventually there becomes a point, especially if you're running a business where you feel like a size one person in a size 10 business. And suddenly it just feels too much mm-hmm. because you're not aligned. You need your, your business is only going to be as big as your, your identity but if you're a size 10 person with a size 10 business and all of a sudden you start regressing you become smaller and smaller and your business hopefully kind of stays the same except you gradually feel like less and less of a person to deal with this business yeah and it's the same thing with problems as well so if you're a size if you're a size 5 person and you've got a size 5 problem that feels like a big problem but if you grow and become a size 10 person, that size five problem don't seem so big anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I've, I've experienced that in my own life where it seemed like there were problems that were insurmountable. And by kind of leaving that problem uh, there, which is where like mindfulness comes in a lot is like, is this something that I really need to solve today? And a lot of times oh, with almost every problem, the answer is no. <laughs> so if you can leave that and then grow over here and then like rise to me it's like in a video game where you're like oh there's yep. this boss and i can't beat this boss because i have to go train and i have to grind and i have to get these items and level stuff up. and then i have to come back life to level up <laughs> yeah um which is easy for like you know i think that's what i think is great about video games so like kind of implant that you know in into to kids and i i see that a lot with what's interesting because i see that a lot with some people that play video games and i guess i don't see it in others where it's like some people just don't connect that like real life is like that you know they're like, I'm stuck here. This is my problems. This is, I'm this way. I hear that a lot. Like, I'm just like this. And unfortunately, I hear it with very close friends or uh, people that I work with that are, I'm trying to help them get over, uh, you know, live a, a little bit happier life, not see everything is so horrible and bad and wrong and, and, and constantly something's woe well to me, something's wrong constantly. But that first couple of steps of like realizing like I can change the way like just because I've been this way my entire life doesn't mean that I have to be this way for the rest of my life, and it's worth that effort to make that change. Are there yeah. when you were saying that I I wanted to ask if there if there are some like core pillar changes someone could focus on? Let's say they hear this podcast and they're like, Yeah, I'm like that. You know, like I just don't feel like there's like the idea of changing me. And like everything that I see as a problem in life, it seems overwhelming. Is there some key like early things someone could do to start moving in the right direction, start building, go from level one to level two?
1: Yeah. So again, it starts with those small changes because we gradually go from level one to level two by spending some time going out there and trying things. So like you said, with your problem, we only ever have one thing we need to do at a time. As much as we honestly believe that we've got a to-do list of 50 things we need to do right now and getting all anxious and stressed about it, there's only actually one thing we ever need to do at any moment in time. So you've got this significant and insurmountable problem. Write it down and put it in the drawer. Go on, take some action. So start to do some little things now. And it's tiny little things, maybe a little bit of exercise, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of journaling, your mind, your thoughts, a little bit of goal setting, starting to think, get a bit more clarity on what you want. And again, it's not about sitting there thinking about it because as we want to chisel our purpose, our character, we do that by going out there and getting a little bit outside of our comfort zone. I think that's the biggest lesson to take from this is when you feel like, I can't change. People like me don't do that. This is just me. That kind of limiting language is where you are when you're in your comfort zone because you know that it's a little bit uncomfortable it's a little bit scary when you just step your toe out what you actually need is not more advice there's way way too much advice out there we need is actually speak to someone honestly and let them give you a bit of encouragement because then you'll have that bit of courage to stick your toe outside that comfort zone do something a little bit different a little bit new or what feels even a little bit strange but taking action is how we shape ourselves it's how we find what we want it's how we move and start to make progress in our lives so go and join a club go and do something different speak to someone you've not spoken to in a while look at the kind of the self help industry is all over the place mm-hmm. and to be honest it's not a great place to start but start to think about something that you would enjoy doing and go out there and do it like so, so many people decided to break through these barriers and beliefs that they've got by going doing a hobby and then mm-hmm. suddenly connecting with other people who do this hobby and seeing that actually we enjoy this and they've managed to do it. So I can do it because so often people just actually need the permission to change. Yeah. That's what it comes down to the permission, someone to say, look, you can change and I'm going to give you permission and say, get out of your own way, start changing today. And that's so often something that I use and kind of to go back to the uh, video game analogy, obviously I've been in the video game industry for 12 years with my company and I've just exited that. And it's so interesting because I've been an avid video gamer over the years. In fact, there was a period in my life where I played too much. Yeah. And (laughs) I was it, I was it, but I was able to connect at some point that you go through the level and you try and you try and you try, builds up some resilience like mm-hmm. some of the games today, you can't fail. That's really annoying. That gives out the wrong message. Yeah. <laughs> because you've got to experiment with the tactics. When you've tried it five times and you died every time, hmm. I either need to go and build myself up or I need to try a different way. I need to actually stress strategize or use different tactics. We don't need these hand-holding video games now. Some you always need some, but I honestly believe that. It used to be like a bunch of friends sitting around in a room trying to solve a puzzle. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, That's
1: great team building skills. Right. When all of a sudden you've got five friends around, you've all got different skill sets, all got different strengths, and you hit a roadblock in a video game, and you put your heads together. He's good at this, he's good at this, he's good at this. It's like a leadership team right. training in action. <laughs> yeah, and suddenly absolutely. you achieve it. And you, and you finish this game, and it's like, whoa. And it's, the truth is, video games, it gets a bad rep. And like, they say to me, like, whoa, you're a psychologist who's got a video game company. Isn't that a bit of a conflict of interest? And I'm like, well, you could see it like that, but then I see the power of video games for good as well as the negatives.
0: Yeah. And
1: I can then amplify the positives, like the fine motor skill development, the problem and critical thinking skills. The fostering of creativity, the cognitive flexibility to fail, 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 and finally succeed, and then go and do something a little bit harder again. Yeah. And there's a lot of systems in there, especially in the older games, which have really strengthened this particular generation that, that, you know, you and me are in. Right. And hardened us to be able to continually fall down a pit and get up again and give it another go. Yeah. There's a book that I
0: read and I don't remember what it was. I think it was everything that's bad for you is good for you. It was basically taking a contrarian view of like that TV is bad for you and that media is getting stupider and video games are getting worse. Uh, cause basically, I mean, he breaks down that basically none of that's true. Um, and too much of anything is a bad thing, but, um, yep. he talked a lot about the telescoping of goals, uh, that video games teach young people that there's really no other analog that we have to teach people that way in such an intuitive way where it's like you know i'm in legend of zelda and my goal is to defeat this like big thing but then there's all these like other things that i have to do in order to get there and then within those things there's like other small goals and life is so yeah. much like that like you said you get your roadmap which is an important starting point like a lot of people don't mm-hmm. even have that but you get your roadmap and you say i i you know, maybe I want to go in this general direction with my life. I have this purpose. I have this uh, vision of something that I want to try to create in this world. And then it's like, okay, well, I can't do that overnight. So what kind of person do I have to be to be able to achieve that? And what kind of things do I have to do in order to build up the resources and become the person to do those things? And then what do I have to do to get to each of those like sub goals? And it's like that is such an empowering view because it's like, okay, well, I don't have to make this big thing overnight, but I can start journaling. I can start trying to work out every day, even if it's not a ton. I just need to like, start doing some exercise every day, There's all these little things. And that's going to add up. Um, and that's where like life coaching can help have someone that has a little more experience with that sort of world and lives in it every day, to help you build that plan and help you f- identify where those those areas of opportunity are. Uh, and, and, and where the most realistic growth can come from.
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting because I almost take an element of that and I brought an element from the video game world into my life coaching practice. Mm-hmm. So literally, it, it, there is an element of system in what I do where you're kind of looking at the hero's journey. Like Many video games are kind of based on that yeah. journey. And you start out as this little, little, little character and the big body comes along and splats you down and then flies off to the final level this insurmountable body, you know, evil, you know, destructive destroyer of worlds. But you're going to set off on a little journey. And what you're going to do is you're going to look all the way out to what, you're to what you're going to achieve, who you're going to defeat, what you're going to do. And you look with that end in mind and you start looking back stages, levels, all the way back to where you are today, this tiny little level one person. But you're going to go and gradually get all the experience, in a gradually, increasingly difficult scenario, through level, through stage, through level, through stage, to the point when across lots of setbacks in that, because no one ever plays a game straight from level one to level 100 and doesn't die once <laughs> or get yeah. stuck or get lost. Right. Because in life, that's what life's like. It's like an ECG, constantly up and down. God, if, if, if it was flat, it'd be so comfortable, but you'd be dead. Mm-hmm. You won't have a heartbeat. So it's kind of like looking at it and realizing that that games are a scenario for life. You gradually get to a point where you're able to defeat what you saw at the start, squashing people down. You can do that. Anyone can do that. Anyone can be a level 100 person on the deathbed. But you've got to kind of systemize and understand that it's not going to be. Uh, you're not going to suddenly hit in a rocket and be level 100. You're going to face yeah. resistance, challenge, difficulty, puzzles, obstacles, barriers. But you can break all those down. It just requires time, practice, growth, patience, persistence, passion you name it. And all, all these words come and fly forward and they mean different things to different people. Sure. But you just have, there's just really the biggest thing is acceptance because life is just, just like that. It's just going to be a challenge. But every challenge, is there for you to step up into and show what you're made of. We're, we're human beings. You know, we, we've evolved through everything. And yeah, we have a negative bias because it wasn't that long ago that if we were milling about at night, we we're going to get eaten. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now
1: we can, now we can go out and party all we want, but it's only literally only a few thousand years ago, you went out in the middle of the night, you were going to die. You're going to get eaten alive. So life has changed significantly. We physiologically and psychologically barely changed at all. Mm-hmm. So every time you're like, oh no, that's it. Your body thinks that, you know the cerebrative tiger right here about to <laughs> have you. Yeah. And you know, those negative thoughts they stick to our brains like velcro to so do that. Because if they didn't, and you had the tiger on one side and the pretty tree on the other, any human who looked at the pretty tree and thought, Oh, lovely, it was eaten. So right. we kind of have that negative bias. And they do stick, that does stick to our brain, but we have to accept that we're not gonna have this endless positivity, but actually realize that, that neg- the negativity that we have, is a, it's a sign. But we live in a modern world full of inputs and stimulation. You control those. If you start to control those, suddenly it becomes so much easier.
0: Well, thank you, Lee. I could talk to you for hours, I feel like, Uh, but I think that we've, you know, added a lot of value here and I'm really excited. I'm always excited when I'm uh editing if you haven't seen on like facebook and twitter on the happier hero page uh there's videos that i break down like a clip from each episode sometimes i do more than one clip i feel like i have like 12 clips to go it's just a matter of whether i can find the time to do that uh or <laughs> pay someone to do that because there's a lot of really great stuff in here um and i really appreciate lee is there anything you'd like to uh leave people with um obviously let them know where they can find you but uh, any like final final words?
1: Yeah, I just think in these challenging times that we all face at the minute with COVID, uh, we to timestamp it, it is uh, it is challenging. Everyone, every human being across this world feels anxious and feels that, you know, it's very turbulent at the minute. But if we kind of look at it, these times of crisis are the perfect times for humans to step into that challenge, to be innovative, to be creative, We look at the last time we had anything like this, it was the economic crash where I was made redundant and fell into my own little pit. And yet that same economic crash spawned the likes of Airbnb and Uber, who ultimately decided to disrupt and creatively innovate into very traditional industries. Why don't you be the disruptor and the creator in this crisis? So try not to avoid everything that's happening, but try to step into it try to make a difference and start to forge your own path because again this is the perfect time to actually do that because the world becomes more absorbent and all of a sudden you can really start to slow down a little bit and define what do you want to do who you want to become start to create that path and you know what you might only be a level one character you might not have grown but your level 100 is just waiting for you you've got to get out there step out there and start the first level
0: thank you so much lee where can they find you uh it'll be in the show notes below but like go ahead and, and plug that
1: yeah i'm on all the socials at essentialized coach and my website at essentialized.co.uk and leechambers.org.
0: you have a, a a great blog there on your website so there's lots of great stuff thank you so much lee and uh, i'll talk to you again soon
1: yeah pleasure Craig. thank you